He's here today, friends. He's here in our midst, and he wants to move among us. Well, what does that mean, he wants to move among us? He wants to answer your prayers. He wants to draw near to you. The Bible says to draw near to him, and he will draw near to you. And it's as if if we're taking a step closer, easing our way in, and gently taking another step. And as we draw close to him, he draws close to us. The Bible says that he is nearer than our own breath. He is nearer than our own breath. Well, how can you measure the distance between yourself and your, and your own breath, right? I mean, it's, it's the, the heartbeat, if you will. It's the, it's the center of everything. It's the oxygen that keeps us alive. He is nearer than our own breath. And that's what our Heavenly Father wants to be for us. He wants to be close to us. He wants to be near. The Bible says there is a friend that sticks closer than a brother. (laughs) Isn't it amazing that he has called us his friends? Why would he do that? The Bible says that Who is man that you are mindful of him? Why in my puniness, can I use that word in church? Puniness, why in my puniness, God, are you even considering me? Why do you even pay attention to me? Why do you listen to me in the scope of all that you are in the lack of what I am? Why do you even pay attention to me? But in his word it says, cast your cares upon him, for he cares for you. He cares about your innermost feelings. He cares about your innermost doubts. Have you ever doubted yourself? Have you ever doubted yourself? That's something we wrestle with, isn't it? Sometimes. God doesn't doubt you. He knows all of your potential. When he looks at you, he sees everything that you can be. He sees where you're headed. He sees your needs. He sees your desires. Why would God care about my desires? The Bible says, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart delight yourself in the Lord (laughs) well how do we delight ourselves in the Lord we delight ourselves and some of us uh, I see some of our hunters are missing this morning our we need to pray for them too we don't need nobody falling out of no tree stands or nothing like that right right But you may delight yourself in hunting. You may delight yourself in cooking. You may delight yourself in eating the cooking stuff. It was there I took it. You may delight yourself in many different things. But God says, if you delight yourself in me, I will give you the desires of your heart. And I think back and... In John 15, is it where Jesus talks about, I am the vine, 
and you are the branches. <laughs> you know, and he's the caretaker. I don't know if you've ever cared for vines at all, but when I moved to the property I have now, there was vines and it was all just overgrown and everything. And, and we kind of, we, we just cut everything down and we just started from scratch. And little by little, those, those vines that had been there and just were all over the place and were untrimmed and unkept, they began to grow up. And so I, I began to trim them and to keep them a little bit. I didn't know what I was doing, but I, I tried to trim them and keep them close to the stem. And the closer I kept them to the stem, the more they produced. And so the whole grapevine was all of four or five feet wide coming up from a stem and it began to produce more and more of these conquered grapes. These grapes were beautiful and there was the dark purple ones, you know, and then there was the green ones and there is something about those conquered grapes that they just taste like nothing else. And you can, as, you, as they would get ripe, you would get close to them and you could smell them. And it was such a sweet aroma, a sweet, sweet smell. And we would bring them in, we would harvest them, and it was just one or two plants, and they produced enough for our small family. And we would make different things, jelly and and even drinks out of them and, and various things and preserve them. And it was beautiful. But it took a while for those grapes, the vine to respond to the trimming that I was doing to it. And we, if we are in Christ Jesus, the Bible says that if I am in you and you are in me, then you may ask anything in my name and it will be given to you. So we need to remain in the vine. The Bible says that those branches that don't produce fruit are cut off and they're thrown into the fire. And I don't know, you, you may have seen the, the wreaths that are made out of grapevines, you know, as they, as they grow older and stronger, they turn this brown, but they're still very moldable, very bendable, and you can make different things out of them, and they're beautiful. But those things, those are trimmings from the grapevine. And God wants for us to produce fruit in him. He wants for us to grow up to a point to where we're not just there living and surviving. We are accomplishing something. We are producing fruit in his kingdom. Well, how can we as humans produce fruit? Well, funny you should ask. We produce fruit by, well, you may have heard of the fruits of the Spirit, right? Let's turn to Galatians. Let's check that out. <clears throat> the fruit of the Spirit. And some of you may have memorized back in your Sunday school days. The fruits of the Spirit. Chapter 5, verse 22. The fruit of the Spirit. Well, the fruit of the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, produces certain things, things that are evident 
in the lives of believers. And those things, and he, he gives a list of stuff, okay? And so now as we're reviewing this list, we need to kind of check ourselves, do inventory, as my dad would say, do some inventory and see how much of these things we got in our own lives, okay? If any, right? And if we're lacking some, we might need to work on a few, okay? I know that you guys don't need to do that, but sometimes I need to work on the fruits of the Spirit, okay? So let's read them together, but the fruit of the Spirit is... Love. Let's read them really slow. Let's say them together. Really? Ready? But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Some of those things, when I read them, it's like, oh, oh, there's a little pain in, in my side there a little bit. Patience, not one of my greatest fruits. And so that might be one that I need to work on, says my wife. Okay? Some of you might have a hard time with self-control. I know that's a hard one, and that one trips a lot of us up. Self-control in a world where there is Less and less of it. Self-control, wouldn't you say? Less and less self-control, even amongst believers, friends. And so, when the world looks at us, what do they see? Do they see someone that has love? Do they see someone that has peace. Joy. How about joy? Joy is one thing that really stands out, isn't it? Joy, it just like shines. You ever been around somebody that's just joyful all the time? Doesn't it make you mad? I mean, well, I mean, doesn't it make you joyful? (laughs) It don't matter what happens to them. They're just like always smiling. It's like, what is it with you? You know? And that should speak something to us. That should speak to us. And our joy, well, what joy are we talking about? We're talking about the joy of our salvation. The joy of knowing Jesus. That, that just, it just comes out of us. Wherever we go, that joy is just, it's there. And you know what else should accompany that? Peace. Peace should accompany that. And there's a lot of things in our world today, um, elections, for that matter, (laughs) that would create anxiety in us. The state of the world, the the lack of self-control in the world as we watch the news and more and more violence would create this anxiety in our bellies, you know? And yet... Even though we're living in the place that we are, the peace of God reigns. It rules in the lives of believers. And the world takes notice of it. They see it. And you know what? We see it in each other. 
we see the joy. Have you ever been around someone and maybe you're having a bad day? I know you guys don't have bad days, but just for instance, if you were to have a bad day, right, and somebody comes along and they just say just a few things to you or they put their arm around you or they, they smile, you know, and it just, it just gives you a boost. Amen. You ever have somebody do that to you? Amen. Yeah? They encourage you. They build you up. They edify, as the Word says. They edify. Amen? We, we are to do that for each other, are we not? Yes. To build each other up in the faith. So let's continue. But the fruit of the Spirit is love and joy and peace. Patience. I've heard it said, don't ever pray for patience. You don't know what God's going to do. He's going to bring all this stuff in your life, and then you're going to have to endure it and learn patience. That's not trust, friends. That's not hope. And besides, God wants us to have patience. Don't be afraid of that. Put that right out of your mind. Put that right out of your mind. That is doubt and that is fear. That's not the way we live. Do you understand that? Get that out of your head. Don't entertain that thought because patience is valuable to God. Amen. It, it's valuable to Him. It is part of our fruit that we are to produce. Just one. Faithfulness gentleness, self-control, all, all these things should be evident in the lives of believers. They should be on our grapevines, right? And they should be plump and ripe, amen, producing fruit. And you know what happens as those grapevines would produce fruit? There would be some that would be left on the vine or, or would fall to the ground. And they, they would rot there. And then pretty soon, before you know it, there's a few little other sprigs that are coming up. And they're producing another vine that is going to produce more fruit. And do you see how it's connected? Do you see how the areas in our lives, let's say that, this area of patience is something that we need to work on. Okay, that's just a common thing, I think. Uh, we, we need to work on patience and self-control, those things, obviously, right? And if those are some areas that we're lacking in, or if we need more of it, God will lop off a few branches to make that vine stronger, yeah? So that we produce more fruit. We're still remaining in Christ Jesus as the vine, he is the vine, we are the branches. And it's his desire that we produce fruit in him. And so when others look at us and our lives at home and at church and wherever we are, they should see these things in our lives on a daily occurrence. Agreed? Okay, They should see these things. They should be able to separate us from everybody else by the way that we act. Okay, They should be able to sense something in us. Okay, 
For instance, let's say somebody at your workplace is having a difficult time for whatever reason, maybe in their marriage or family, whatever the case may be, all right? Maybe they're suffering in their own body, okay? And so instead of just passing it off as others might do, you take notice of that. And you shine a little bit of the love and the joy of your salvation in their lives. People pick up on love really quick. Even from what I have experienced and seen, listen, even the hardest of hearts cannot resist love. They don't want anybody to know it, but they can't resist love. They want love. They want comfort. Do you understand? And so the more you just keep investing little bits of love, little things here and there, even to the most vile of people and the hardest of hearts. I've seen it, friends, where their defenses just come crumbling down. And pretty soon, you have earned the right to speak into their lives. And so you speak the truth of God in love, as the Word of God says. We speak the truth of God in love into their lives, and they begin to change. They begin to, to, in a sense, chew on those words that we have given them. The Bible says, taste and see that I am good. As if we would taste a new meal that someone has, has cooked for us, someone has made for us, and they set it before us on this table. And we're like, what's this? Well, try it. Yeah, but what is it? Try it. You might like it. <laughs> okay? So God says, taste and see that I am good. And so you're investing in them. You're, you're investing love in them, and you're speaking the truth to them, and these words go around in their minds. And the Bible says that my word will not return to me empty or void, but it will accomplish the purpose for which it was sent out. Hallelujah. And so we are promised that every word of truth that we speak from the word of God into their lives is going to hopefully produce some fruit. Amen? Amen. And so little by little, their defenses come down. And we're able to speak more and more love into their lives. And they begin to think on the words of truth. And then they begin to compare about the things that you're saying from the Word of God to their own lives, and they see that they are lacking. And they see their need for the Lord Jesus. They see their need for salvation. They see their need for the Holy Spirit in their lives. Amen? And the change that we see in people is truly miraculous. Some say that miracles don't happen anymore. We don't see them anymore. But friend, there is nothing short of miraculous when God changes the life of somebody that was headed to hell and he rescues them and he saves their souls. Hallelujah. Yeah, that's something to be excited about, friends. That's something to be excited about. You know what we've done? They're floating down this river 
unable to swim and we're standing on the, on the banks and we got this big life preserver round thing. I forget what you call those things. But you take and you just heave it. You're heaving it out there and they're grabbing a hold of that thing and you're able to, to reel them into safety. And we talk quite a bit about, about the lighthouse and how the light of Jesus Christ shines into the darkness of the world that surrounds them. And they're lost and they're hopeless in their sin and the darkness. And then somebody shines the light of Jesus Christ into their lives. And it shines on their sin. You know what? How many of you know that it's comfortable when the light of God shines on your sin? It exposes it. It shows that we are in need of a Savior. We need God. We were created to need God. Do you understand that? And when we don't fill our souls with a relationship with Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior... We have an emptiness there that cannot be filled with anything else. Though we try over and over and over again to fill that emptiness, nothing completes it but a relationship with Jesus Christ. And we we may try to fill that emptiness with money. We may try to fill that with sex. We may try to fill that with this and that and the other thing. And for for a while, those things seem great. But after a while, it leaves us empty. We may try drugs and all sorts of different things to fill this emptiness inside of us. But nothing, nothing fits that hole in our soul like Jesus Christ. We were made with a God-shaped hole in our soul. And if you have not received Jesus Christ as your Lord and your Savior, then that hole remains empty and incomplete. Some of us, many of us, wonder why we are here. And you may have heard the philosophical question, what is the meaning of life? (laughs) What is the meaning? You know, and man, how much time you got, right? But God created the earth and all of these things, and and he put us in it. He put us in it. And so we have the joy of exploration of all of the things that God has created. Oftentimes, we're stuck in our own hometown. We don't get to get out very much. But I'm telling you, there is so many things that God has created for us to enjoy, and to care for, all right? Yes, but all of these things are for us to enjoy. If we, and if we remain in him, they just make our lives so, so full, so full. But Jesus is, is the thing that we need to fill that emptiness in our lives, What is the meaning of life? What am I supposed to do here? All right? I'm working every day. I'm paying the bills. I'm doing this. I'm doing all that stuff I don't like to do. (laughs) Yeah? That's kind of part of life. That's part of life. 
So where's all the good stuff? Where's all the good stuff, you know? What am I supposed to be doing? Well, you're supposed to be living your lives in obedience to Jesus Christ. The Bible says in Matthew 29, 11, for I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you. And I hope that you've heard me say this so many times that you've got it pretty much memorized by now. Not to harm you, but to give you hope in a future. God has plans to prosper you and bless you if you remain in him. If you remain in him. I heard it said one time that there was a study that was done about these children in a schoolyard. And the schoolyard was fenced in. And in this study, they gauged how far the children would come to the fence. And the children would come right up to the fence and touch the fence. Because why? They knew where the boundary was. And then they removed that fence to see how the children would react to not having the fence. And they found that the children kind of stayed huddled together. They didn't come close to where the fence used to be anymore. Why did they do that? Why wouldn't they venture out close to the fence anymore? And the reason is because they were insecure about the boundaries now. They were afraid. And so the boundaries that we put on our own children are to keep them safe, to help them to grow and to prosper and to, to, to have that confidence and that security. Amen? And so when that fence is not there, we don't know where the boundaries are and we become afraid. God has placed boundaries in our lives. Amen? Boundaries in our lives so that we know where we can go, where we cannot go. And if we stay within these boundaries, we're going to be blessed and the favor of God rests on our lives. And as with the fall of man in the garden, we step outside of those boundaries. Do you remember in the center of the garden was the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Everything else, Adam and Eve, is all yours. This one thing, you stay away from that. Stay away from that. That one's not yours, okay? He says, but everything else, it's yours. So he gives us this freedom. He gives us the freedom of choice. He gives this will to us. He, he allows us the will. Otherwise, without our will, we'd be like robots, right? There's no freedom there. Okay, And so we have this will, we have the ability to make decisions on our own, and he knows that we are human, that we are made of dust, and that we will fall from time to time. Hence, the blood of Jesus. The blood of Jesus. Amen. And so we stay within the boundaries of his love and his mercy and his protection And he blesses us. And we walk outside of it. We experience the consequences 
God's discipline. Amen. The fruits of the Spirit. God wants these things in our lives. We are to grow. We're not to stay in the same place. Have you ever asked yourself this question? Am I in the same place spiritually that I was 10 years ago? Okay, think about that. Where was I 10 years ago? What kind of things were going on in my life? What was I doing? Where was I spiritually 10 years ago? And then where am I today? And kind of A, B them, compare them and see, have I really made some advances here? Have I done some more? Am I more involved in ministry? Am I more involved in the church? Is my attendance better? Is this? You know, just compare them. Okay, and see... If you are progressing, see if you are growing. And if you're not, if you're pretty much in the same spot you were 10 years ago, well, then that might need, you might need to address that. You might need to do some things different. How many of you have heard, have heard the saying, if you always do what you've always done, you're always going to get what you've always got. Okay, so basically that's saying, if you keep doing what you've been doing, you're going to keep getting what you've been getting. Sometimes we need to change some things. Amen. And I'm not talking about being more religious. God knows we don't need to be more religious. Okay, I'm not talking about that. What I am is talking about maturing in our faith. Okay? I've, I've, I've heard it said like this. We're, we're to strive, in a sense, for holiness, right? Be holy, for I am holy. So we want to be holy, pure, like God is. All right? And it's not like when we plant an oak tree that when it's, say, you know, a foot or two high, that is still an oak tree, Right? And that oak tree doesn't get any oakier. It's still an oak tree from the moment it began to grow. That's an oak tree right there, and it's not going to change to be something else. That's an oak tree. All right, but as this tree begins to grow, it matures. It matures, and it looks like an oak tree, and it produces leaves that look like oak leaves. And you can recognize it by its bark and by its leaves. Okay? In the same way in our lives. We're not going to get faithier. Is that a word? (laughs) But you know what I mean? (laughs) We mature. We mature in our faith. We grow, and yes, we produce fruit. Our faith gets stronger like the oak tree. Amen? God desires that we mature, we produce fruit, and that we remain in Him. Amen. Would you stand with me today? Let's close in prayer. Praise the Lord. God has been moving in our midst this morning. God is real. God is not dead. (laughs) 
God is not dead. He doesn't live in the church. He lives in our hearts. Amen. Amen. People, the world needs to see that God is alive. People need to hear the truth of the word of God in love. People need to hear accurate dispensation of the word of God. And you would say, well, I'm not, I'm not qualified to do that. You know, I'm not, I'm not qualified to teach the word of God or preach the word of God. Can you point? <laughs> can you just point? All right. If you know where the truth is, you can point somebody to the truth. Okay? You can learn a few scriptures here and there and take them with you wherever you go. Okay? But we together can continually point people to the Lord Jesus Christ. We can point them to the light. We can point them to the truth. Point them to the love. Amen? I want to pray with you today. And I want to give you the opportunity to receive, maybe during all of this preaching this morning and and teaching, you recognized that you yourself are lacking Jesus Christ in your own life. And you know what? There was a time when every person here was in that same place. And we've all had to make a decision to follow Christ Jesus. Amen. And so if you're here today and you've never done that, that's okay. Because I was there once. And she was there once. And he was there once. So you're not alone. Amen. And all there is is love here. Nobody's going to point the finger at you because you're a sinner. Because we're all sinners. Saved by the grace of Jesus Christ. In the blood of Jesus. Amen. So what I'm going to do today is I'm just going to pray and I'm going to lead you in a prayer of salvation. And if you've never prayed that prayer, I invite you to do that. I challenge you to do that today. To receive Jesus. To recognize your need for a Savior. Well, why do I need a Savior? You need a Savior because you're a sinner. When we disobey God, That means we sin. And our sin separates us from God. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we come before you today. Lord, we're just so honored to be in your presence here today, Lord. There's nothing like being in the presence of Jesus. You complete us, Lord. You fulfill us. You comfort us. You wipe our tears, Lord Jesus. You strengthen us. You give us confidence. You guide us, as your word says in Psalm 119. Your lamp is a light to my path. Your word is a light unto my path. Father, I pray for those that are here today. God, I pray your blessing upon them. I pray that you'd watch over them. I pray that your favor would rest upon them. Help them, Lord, to walk in obedience to you, Lord, to your word. 
And I'm going to pray this prayer now and repeat after me if, if you feel God is moving you to do that. Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus. I know I'm a sinner. I know that I have disobeyed you. I know that I need a Savior. Today, I ask you to come into my life to forgive my sin. Today, I recognize all that you did on the cross, the shedding of your blood to save me from my sin. I recognize that you rose again on the third day. I know that you are the Son of God. Save my soul. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. The Bible says, All that call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Hallelujah. 